Hi guys, welcome to season one, episode three of Toddler Talks. Uh, I just wanted to take a moment to thank y'all for supporting me, even when I didn't update for pretty much an entire month. Due to feeling burnt out with school, of course I had to take time to recharge, get right with the Lord, prior to going out on social media, loving people, and it was a really great time to recharge after my birthday. So today's special guest we have from the wonderful land of Northern Virginia, Hannah B. Johnson. Sounds like I'm saying a president's name when I'm introducing her, but she's not. She's a freshman, she's a lovely gal, and her bedtime is at 9.30, parentheses, probably. Um, and I'm just gonna let her introduce herself for today's topic of music. Hey guys, it's Hannah. I just want to take a second and thank Scooter for having me on this podcast. It is such an honor. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm Hannah Johnson. I am one of Cynthia's quad mates. Um, we are besties. We click on every level. She is amazing. Um, I, am, I was a music major. I just switched to interdisciplinary and music is still one of my focuses. So um, yeah, I've had a lot of experience in worship ministry, helping lead worship with my church and for my school. My main instrument is piano, but I also sing and play the guitar. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my school background. I'm actually a sophomore. She said I was a freshman, but I'm a sophomore. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a transfer student, so that is what I am. Yeah, she just gave me this look like, uh, what are you talking about? But I am a sophomore. I'll be a junior in the spring. Fun fact. Okay. Uh, she wants me to talk to you guys about my love for cats, which is a really big part of my life. So I have two cats, and they're brother and sister, and they are, like, humongous. They're these huge cats. They're, like, really, really dark gray, almost black, and one of them's Perry, and he's, like, 15 pounds, and I have Penny, who's, like, 11 pounds. But they're brother and sister. They look almost identical, except Penny has more white. I'm really sorry that I'm talking about my cats, but she told me to talk about it. So anyway, I love them. They're my little babies. Um, and also, she wants me to talk to you guys about my go-to Taco Bell order, which is, I don't know, I don't go to Taco Bell that often, but I need to go more. She just gave me this look. <laughs> no, I need to go more. It's so good. I think I just have to go with like a classic chicken soft taco, like a couple of those. I used to get like this beefy nacho burrito thing, which was really good. I bet I forgot what it was called. That might be what it's called. But yeah, I'm pretty basic, so. So it is an honor and a privilege to have Hannah here. Today we're going to be talking about On Toddler Talks music and how it can impact your life. I know that recently Bruno Mars has been famous on TikTok because he goes from tripping and finesse to now you're getting finessed. Uh, it was a very changing thing because I, I didn't grow up with Bruno Mars. I kind of heard about him, you know, you know, at the retail stores, at restaurants, at the buffet before I closed down. And then we've got stuff like pop culture versus like Christian music. And, you know, at times there are Christian songs that you just question if it's a love song or if it's about God. I know that in Psalms, it talks about how we are to magnify the Lord and, you know, 
Let us exalt his name together. I kind of paraphrased it using the lyrics of Elevation Worship. I, I know where it's from. I, so Hannah, who has experience with music, she's very talented. I love hearing her sing. It is amazing. It's like a rare thing to hear her sing and play here because she sleeps at 9.30 and we're all up till, my case, 12, everyone else, 2 a.m. So I invited Hannah here because as a music major at a Christian university, you can tell like there is a very much difference between pop culture versus worship culture and how can music really either make your day better or just make you very, very sad? So here we have today Ms. Hannah B. Johnson, not a president, on music. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about this. This is something that's really um, near and dear to my heart. Um, I think that worship is, like, we just see worship as a style of music, especially today as Christians. Like, we, we used to have a line between you know, secular music and Christian music. And now I think that's, like, divided even further. Now we have, like, contemporary Christian and we have worship as, like, its own genre. And, well, like, I love worship music. It's amazing. But I think that we we put the wrong tag on it because worship is a lifestyle, you know? And people say that all the time. It's so cliche. But it's so, so true. Like, you can't just come to church and hear a worship set and fall on your face before God and, you know, say, that was my worship for the week because um, it's hypocrisy, honestly, it really is. Um, you have to, worship needs to be secondary. Your, your heart for God and you seeking after him needs to be the first thing, and then worship will come through that. You can't um, develop these fake worship experiences. Um, yeah, you can't just uh, fabricate those things. So it needs to be your relationship with God and then your worship, your lifestyle worship will come out of that. So yeah, I'm excited to talk to you guys about that today. I've noticed growing up, I used to listen to Christian music, but then it kind of divides to gospel and CCM. There's Christian rap, Christian alternative, Christian heavy metal. Obviously, you worship God. In Psalm 150, verse 6, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And I feel like Many of us take worship and realize that, and I agree with what Hannah says, like it's all about, you know, the music, but believe that you can worship God, you know, when you're brushing your teeth or when you're taking a test for a very difficult class. I feel like many of us tend to neglect that, you know, how can we really live for God? And it's not just a happy worship song that like says, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. He is welcome always. When we invite Christ into our lives, you know, there's the Holy Spirit, and it obviously is present in your life. And that is great. Not hating on worship music, because literally growing up, I was exposed to, like, CCM, like Toby Mac, Colton Dixon. And then when I got to that really rough part in my adolescent years, uh, due to bullying, and, you know, depression. I remember listening to NF, and I know it's kind of like, is this, is he really Christian? It's kind of like, honestly, that's between him and God, because, you know, not everything has to be cheesy music, Jesus 24-7, because, honestly, life happens, and we got to communicate to the Christian community um, that not everything is sunshine and rainbows the minute you dedicate your life to Jesus, 
and also to people who are in the secular world, it's not just catered to the Christians. I'ma just be for real. Like, I feel like many people get caught up in the label, like, is this Christian, you know? And it's kind of like, oh, this is a Christian rapper. You know, this is a Christian singer. And the thing is that we are singers who are Christian. And it's to show, like, yes, we are to go and, like, preach the gospel to many nations. And it's to show people that are not believers that when you're Christian, you're not immune to suffering. You're not immune to mental health struggles. And I feel like the church tends to not talk about that a lot. Is you know, it's like, yeah, we celebrate you dedicating your life to Jesus. But the situation is, what happens after? Because, you know, you already left the team of the world, and now you're living for the kingdom. And now the minute, like, you get saved, all of a sudden you get dumped by the person you were talking to. You get your major switched. You know, you have to switch colleges, switch jobs, whatever the situation may be. And I feel like many people do not talk about that. They just talk about, yes, life with Jesus is amazing. But you also have to realize that Satan's literally going to be throwing darts at you left and right. And it's like, what happens then? Are you, you know, we get to praise the Lord and everything, even in the midst of struggles. But sometimes, I kid you not, when I was going through a rough season last season, it was hard for me to listen to a worship song um, without questioning, like, is he really faithful? Is he really good? Like, why am I going through this? Yeah, I think that's um, a really good point, talking about, like, the different genres of Christian music and how those minister to your heart. Um, I was in one of my worship classes yesterday, and there was a panel with a bunch of the um, professors from the School of Music, and there was just, like, such diversity on the panel. Like, everyone was from a different place. There was um, one of the professors, Dr. Kim, was from South Korea. There was a professor from St. Louis, Missouri. Like, there's just, like, so much um, depth on the panel. And they were talking about your heart music, and I thought that was really interesting. Like, we all have a different heart music. And Dr. Kim was talking about how, you know, he grew up with hymns. He didn't grow up with the CCM worship stuff that um, we sing at Liberty. And um, he was talking about how he can, he's a piano professor. He was talking about how he can just sit at the piano and start playing, like, Bach. And that's his heart music. Like, he'll sit and sob because he's, like, just enthralled in the presence of God. And I thought that was incredible. Like, I've never experienced that, like, sitting down and playing a classical piece and seeing that as worship. And I know that, um, like, you can honor God with whatever you do, but just um, finding that music that really ministers to your heart and using that to worship God and know what your heart music is. And that really uh, challenged me to sit down and evaluate what my heart music is. Like, what music draws me closer to God um, and, you know, makes me feel his presence? Like, when I'm in the thick of things, what music am I going to listen to to um, draw near to God? And going back to, um, you know, the types of music, you know, it's so beautiful to see the different genres, yet we still honor God. And I believe you can honor God even through a classical music piece. Um, and I feel like it's kind of weird because, you know, I remember singing a song called Requiem by Mozart. And it's about, like, I remember the lyrics, it's kind of like lacrimose, and it was, like, singing about Latin. It's talking about... Um, there were some things that they were talking about, like, with the kingdom and all. I can't remember off the top of my head 
but it was a really, really good song. Um, and I believe that there are people that don't realize that, you know, the power it has when you talk about the name of Jesus in a piece. Like, growing up my entire life, I was exposed to Hillsong. And then when I came to college, that's when I started listening to more of, like, Upper Room, Vertical Worship. Uh, Maverick City is a new one that just came out. And it's, it's so interesting that, you know, there are songs that move you, you know. And, you know, I recently switched out my playlists, like, even working out. Like, I used to listen to, like, music that was, quote-unquote, empowering by culture but I believe that the Lord is the one that empowers me and I switched like I was listening to Son of Suffering like I was listening to this song on the treadmill running at not running more like jogging at four miles an hour it was a warm-up exercise and I literally was about to put it on repeat because the chorus was so good it like ministered to me and is quote-unquote, shift of the season I'm in and realizing that, you know, I'm praising the one who died for my ransoms. And I had to do a Google search on ransom, and it's kind of like the debt you have. I listen to my Christian rap at times, you know, when I'm studying. It's like you expect me to listen to, like, instrumental versions of, like, worship music, but, you know, I listen to something to keep me kingdom-oriented. Yeah, I really like that. And um, like we were talking about what music gives you that emotional connection to God, but that's only half of it. Like scripture tells us to um, worship in spirit and in truth. And we were talking about in one of my classes the other day about what happens when one of those is absent. And I think the church today um, tends to draw more to that emotional, like worshiping in spirit and it all, and sometimes it becomes fake, I think, um, and it happens with everyone. And there's there's a line between when you when you don't feel like worshiping, like when you show up to church, you don't feel like worshiping. There's a line between you know coming to God with all of those burdens that you have, and I think that's totally worship. I think that's worship to just surrender to God. But it's not true worship if you're not if you don't feel like worshiping, but you fabricate this like fake experience anyway just to have that emotional experience because it's not about the emotional experience I mean it is but it's not all about that um so also worshiping in truth is so so important and they're equally important and I think that um I think that a couple generations ago they were so focused on the truth like the hymns the theology behind everything and now we've shifted so far and I think that we need to find a balance um because it's your personal walk with God. So you need to be in the word every day, discovering truth and learning truth so that you're able to discern like the songs that you're singing, uh, the movies that you're watching, like all these things that you're able to pick out truth and know what truth is. And then you're able to bring that into your worship. So you're worshiping in spirit and in truth. Because without, without the emotional experience, if you just have truth and you have these like dry encounters where you can become kind of closed off and... Um, like I was talking about, like, in generations past, like, if you talk to, like, someone who's, like, 60, 70, 80, and they come to one of our, like, mega churches, they hear this, like, rock band worship music, they're not, that's not their heart music, they're not gonna draw near to God with that, because 
like that's not what they grew up with. They grew up with hymns. And so I think it's important that you you find that balance and that if you ever catch yourself trying to like make this fake worship experience that you you stop yourself and you say, I need to get in the word. I need to figure out like what truth is and ground myself in that like every day, but in my worship experiences. And that's that's amazing. Like how you mentioned that like there's people that can fake it. I actually remember um, and this was prior to me being a believer, like getting saved my freshman year here. I actually, at times, believed that if I didn't walk out crying after worship, I clearly did not, quote unquote, feel the spirit. And I feel like many times, especially in like in church culture nowadays, it's kind of like if you don't show up, like and you don't cry, you clearly got nothing out of the sermon. And then after getting saved, I realized that, you know, it is time to mature in my faith. And like, I grew up imitating, I guess. And that led to legalism with me. Like, I knew the latest trendy worship songs. You know, I was there during Ocean's era. But then I, I left the faith after like 2014. And then didn't truly come to know God until I was 18 years old. And I believe that there are people that do need to realize that you know, are you doing it to feel something? Are you truly doing it to praise God? And, you know, this is for the Lord. Like, he's done so much for me. He deserves the glory, honor, and the praise. Like, even in the midst of circumstances where I don't hear from him, I'm still going to praise him because he is good and faithful because that is who he is. And I feel like many people are kind of associating, there's a really good song that talks about his goodness and his faithfulness. Like, great is, great is thy faithfulness is a really good hymn I was thinking about the past few days. And it's kind of like, morning by morning, new mercies I see. Many people, like, treat hymns as, oh, this is just old school music. Like, I'm not going to put that on my worship playlist. I'm not going to put that on my set, set list on Planning Center. It's more than the hymn, but rather... Are you worshiping God or yourself? I remember after being challenged in my faith, last difficult season, there was a song I would commonly sing and listen to. And then for that season, and now I'm starting to question, you know, and it's fine to question, you know, it's God. God is fine if you question, like, is this really for God? Because one of the songs, it says, I believe in you and what you're going to do in me. And you know what? I do believe that God can do great things in me. But at the same time, someone can take it out of context as, I believe in you, God, and what you're going to do in me. So it's kind of like a conditional kind of love. Like, am I really worshiping God for his goodness and faithfulness, despite the fact that I don't see it? Or am I doing it to kind of get something out of it? And that's what I was in the mindset of. Um, when I was growing up in legalism, and just so you know, during, like I said, I left the faith when I was 14 years old, but then when I came back, it was more of legalism until I truly came to know Christ. I had to clarify that because I was like, when was the legalistic period? At times, there are things that can turn into legalism, especially like if you're repeating the same stuff over and over again. Like, the amount of times I've heard how great is our God on Tuesday nights 
really says a lot. And I didn't understand it. Like, why? How is he great, you know? But I still sang it. And I think that people should really take into consideration, like, yes, he is great. Like, he is good. And I don't mean, like, you know, when you hit the Just Dance moves, this is good, great, perfect, excellent, superstar. That's not what it is, is that he's impeccable. He made things good. He made things perfect. And he's still good, even when circumstances aren't. Even the fall of man, when it occurred, he's still good. And he deserves the glory and honor and praise. And why, why do things that break God's heart? And I'm a work in progress. I sin. And I believe that there's people that do need to realize that. You know, you're not just singing random words. You're singing words that have power. Yeah, and I think that we also need to remember to worship God, and people say this all the time, to worship God for not what he's done, but who he is. But also, we can totally worship him for what he's done, obviously, but we need to be able to worship him for his character and not just for his actions because he's always good. Even when our circumstances are bad, he's always good. And I feel like that's when we get those like emotional highs is when things are going really, really well and we're feeling really, really good. And when we enter into a worship service, we kind of draw off our own emotions. But our emotions are like so, they ebb and flow from day to day. So we cannot just rely on our emotions and how we feel about God on that day to worship. And that's where the truth comes in. So we really need to ground ourselves in who God says he is and worship him for that, especially when we're not feeling like particularly blessed that day. We really need to um, dig into the word and just worship him for his attributes and for what he did for us because those things are never going to change. Like his character is never going to change. So that's something that we can always uh, ground our worship in. And I believe that, you know, God's God is who he says he is. You know, people may switch up on you, but God doesn't. And I believe that there are music that can really impact it. Not just Christian music, but truly secular music. I believe in pop culture nowadays. And I'm talking about, like, any kind of music that's not, you know, Christ-centered. I believe that there are things that really can distort your image in God. Like, who God says he is, you know, his promises. Like, we see it. Culture fell away from God, and you can tell within past recent years. I Like, nowadays, like, it's no longer about love songs. It's more like about breakup songs, having grudges. And I remember being on a Spotify stream with a guy, um, and it was the beta thing. I'm not sure if it's still in beta mode. But he invited me to a streaming party with him, no matter like where you are. Like you can be like in Australia and then another person can be like in Korea and you can still stream it together. And so basically whoever decides to pick a song, it'll play on both ends. So for me, I chose Sad by Laney. I love Laney. Mama's Boy album really got me through a lot. But at the same time, there were things that I was questioning, like lyrics and all. Obviously, who wouldn't question lyrics? Sometimes I look up the meaning behind songs. 
It's it's funny, but it's kind of like you know because someone stole someone's last piece of cake, or because you know <laughs> because they saw a chicken you know walking around in circles and it inspired them to write a song about a really rough breakup you know, um, and that's that's very interesting how you can draw like for example I believe that one time I was about to write a song inspired by Chicken Alfredo. I was playing Sad by Lainey, and the lyrics say, I wish I could make you sad, because, you know, the girl obviously moved on to a, a better man, and he was a little upset because he knew he can't get her back, and he regrets what he did. It's kind of like a revenge song, I guess. Like, like, I want to see you sad. I want to see you as I, you know, go ahead and kiss someone, I want you to see, and I want you to be sad. And he was questioning, he's like, what is this song? He's like, and I don't mean a, what is this song to add it to my playlist? This is, what is this song? Because what in the world is going on with this song? It's kind of like saying, it's all about making someone sad. And I didn't realize it until after that that song, low key, was stemming in my heart a grudge between someone that wronged me in the last season that I was going through and I was listening to that song. Because for me, it's kind of like, I wish I could make you sad. I wish I could make you regret what you did to me. Here's me taking all the selfies, looking like I'm having a good time. And at times when I was upset with someone, I would post on my Snapchat story, you know, me playing eight ball with people. And it was to kind of get that person's attention. And like, he knew that it was about him. But at the time, I was upset. He didn't want to make things worse because he knew I needed to take time to cool off. But I was kind of like drawing attention, kind of like, yo, what, what color should I pick this, you know, that color-changing octopus thing? And I didn't realize, like, as much as I love playing sad at times, it really kind of stemmed like a revenge mindset in my heart to be like, you know what, this person wronged me. And it doesn't matter if it was a guy or a girl that wronged me. I wanted them to see my stuff and cry. In fact, there were at times when someone has wronged me so badly, I wouldn't block them. I would post on social media, me having fun. And then it's kind of like, like on social media, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to block you. I'm going to let you see my stuff and cry. And that can get into a toxic mindset, believe it or not. Because it's not, you're not wanting to forgive that person. You're just all about revenge and kind of putting on the show. But in reality, you may look happy on Instagram, but your, your heart is filled with grudges. And it weighs you down. And that situation is constantly played on repeat. And for me, I was constantly reminded of my depression because this person has wronged me. Yeah, that just goes to show how music like affects your soul. Like whether or not you're intentionally listening to a, a song to make yourself feel a certain way, it's gonna affect you. So like if even if you're just listening to it like in the shower or while you're working out, like music is gonna penetrate your soul whether or not you're singing along, like even if you're not listening to the lyrics. And that's something that I do a lot and something that is kind of dangerous sometimes. Like I'm a person that doesn't really listen to the lyrics of music. It's, it's a little different with worship music, but like I'll hear a song and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I love the bass line. I love the, like the electric guitar solo. Like I'll just listen 
these musical aspects. But in the meantime, I'm hearing these lyrics that, you know, could be terrible, but I'm not listening to the lyrics, but they're still penetrating my heart, you know? And so we have to be careful, like, and we, I think that even if it's bad lyrics, we need to intentionally listen to those so that we know, like, so we consciously know that they're wrong and we can make that mental switch. Because if we're just listening to it, like, as background noise, it's going to penetrate our soul, like, whether or not we are trying for that to happen or not. Like, music just has a way of doing that. So, yeah, I, growing up, my dad, he wouldn't let us listen to, like, any secular music at all. Like, in the, in the car, like, my mom would let us listen to a little bit more. So, like, in the car, um, we would have, like, the pop station on. And then if we knew my dad was coming, we'd be like, oh, my gosh, we have to change the station. So he doesn't know we've been listening to, like, pop music and all these things. But, um, and I'm so glad that, like, he raises like that. Like, I didn't like it at the time because, you know, my friends were all listening to these, like, songs and they'd be talking about it. I'm like, I've never heard it because, you know, I'm not allowed to listen to, like, that kind of music. But I'm so, so glad that, like, my dad raises that way. And now, now that we're older and, like, we're more conscious of our music choices, like, he has complete faith in us that we can, you know, make our music decisions by ourselves. And now, He'll, he'll, like, send me secular music and be like, listen to this guitar part because he just trusts us and he knows that we have the discernment to, you know, make good choices in our music and we can enjoy secular music, um, you know, and even though it's secular music, we can, st and I believe that we can also still worship God through that um, as long as we're doing everything to the glory of God. And there's, there's exceptions with, like, secular music if obviously it has like really really bad <laughs> profanity or things like that you know you should draw the line but um and I think also this goes for movies anything pop culture really I think you can draw positive aspects out of anything so like if there's a love song you could hear it it's probably maybe it's a guy writing to a girl but if you sing you know those like you know they're singing about love if you if you sing the song and you're thinking about God like not in a romantic creepy way but if you're thinking about how much you love God and how, like, you're willing to sacrifice anything, f like, for him because of, like, what he did for you, you know, you can replace those and, like, apply them to your own life in a godly way, even if it's not, you know, specifically about God, so it's all about, it's all about your heart posture, and I think that's, it all comes back to scripture and knowing what's right and wrong and being able to discern that and having wisdom in that and ask God for wisdom. Now that we're on the topic of secular pop culture music, I want to ask your favorite love song and your favorite breakup song. Um, I'm just curious to know. So um, my favorite love song, I thought a lot about this. I, I don't know, like I don't like limiting myself to like favorite songs because it changes so much. But I think one of my favorite love songs right now is Superhero by Lau. It's so good, like, I don't know. Of, of course I'm drawn to like the acoustic guitar part, but um, I don't know. I don't really, like I said, I don't like listen to the lyrics too much, which is kind of sad, but um, yeah, it's just such a pretty song. I love it. And then of course, um, Love Story by the one and only Taylor Swift was like my anthem growing up as a child. I said I'm not like allowed to listen to secular, secular music as a kid, but like, you know, there's some songs that you just know, that you just have to know, like you hear them in the grocery store or whatever. So yeah, that was my jam uh, growing up. And then my favorite breakup song, like I don't know, like... I, I was trying to think about it. I mean, I like a lot of different songs, but I don't, like, I don't hear a song and say, oh, that's a great love song. That's a good breakup song. That's a great, you know, such and such. Like, I just hear songs, and I, I like them. And I don't know that I have, like, a favorite breakup song. So what about you? 
Uh, I'm going to just say my favorite love song. I have a love song playlist and a breakup song playlist. My breakup song is like double the times of my love song playlist. And I would say my breakup song is Hurts by Laney. I love that song. Even though, you know, it, I mean, they, it is right. Like, the more you love, the more you're hurt. But at the same time, it's like, what are you going to do about that hurt? My favorite love song <laughs> is Almond Eyes by Brandon Lake. I don't know why I almost said Brandon Heath. Almond Eyes by Brandon Lake. I'm in love with the poetic aspect of the song. And overall, I was sobbing when I listened to that song. And even though Brandon Lake is a Christian artist and that song was written, you know, dedicated to his wife, I'm gonna put it on. I love that song. Like, I think it's a really artistic love song. But no one please come at my DMs to argue with me about the best love song, but I'm curious to know, what is your favorite love song? So it's funny that you mentioned Brandon Heath. You asked me earlier, like, a fun fact about me. And you know, like when you go to summer camp and they're like, everybody say like what candy you are and like a fun fact about yourself. And like, if you're an animal, what would you be? Like, I don't know. I just never knew what I was going to say for those things. So I like came up with this fun, and I didn't come up with this. Like, it's a real story. But this is my fun fact. Like whenever anyone asks me like something funny about myself, I got to FaceTime Brandon Heath while he was in the Bahamas. Actually, I got to FaceTime him twice. Once when he was in the Bahamas and once when he was in Hawaii. It's crazy. But my parents went on this um, like couples getaway thing. It was like a Christian couples getaway. And Brandon Heath was one of the guest singers. And so they got to like meet him and hang out with him. And I was so jealous. I was like 10 years old. And um, so my parents FaceTimed me one morning, at, like right after Brandon Heath led worship. I was like 10. I just woken up. I was wearing this Hello Kitty nightie. And my grandpa came and woke me up. So my hair was like a mess. And I came into the kitchen, and Brandon Heath was literally on the phone. I was like, are you kidding me? He was like, hey, Hannah, like, your hair looks pretty. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was so embarrassed. But Brandon Heath literally sang to us over FaceTime. It was so cool. And then a year later, they did the same conference or whatever in Hawaii and got to meet him again. We got to FaceTime him again. It was crazy. And then later that year, we went and saw him in concert and met him in person. So, yeah, I met Brandon Heath. Pretty cool. That's my fun fact about myself. And another question I have for you is, what is the most difficult worship song you've ever had to perform? You can talk about your vocal, your playing experience, and if you have an embarrassing story about your worship experience, please do tell. Okay, so I don't know about like embarrassing or like difficult worship sets, because like, I don't know, I feel like worship music is technically like pretty easy, like it's just chords. And I mean, you can, it's, it is what you make of it. But um, I don't know that I have any like difficult worship songs, but um, I would say the most difficult song that I've played in general, because I'm classically trained on the piano. So I think the most difficult song I've ever played is Claire de Lune. I don't know if you've ever heard it. Probably it's pretty popular, but it's very, very difficult. And I have really small hands, so it was quite difficult to learn. I learned it last year. Um, like right before COVID. So yeah, it was pretty hard. Um, and then I guess an embarrassing um, moment of when I was performing. So I did this coffee house my 
sophomore and junior year of high school. Uh, I guess it was junior year. I played this classical solo piece, and I had my music up on the um, like on the music stand. And I was playing, and I was like going. It's a really fast piece. I was like shaking the piano because it's so fast. And like halfway through my song, it was like right after a page turn, so the book was like messed up a little bit. Right after the page turn, the book falls on top of the piano, like on the keys while I'm playing. So I hear this like loud smash of the keys because like I was in the middle of performance. It was so embarrassing. And like everyone started laughing at me. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. But I just like put the book back up and kept going. But I turned like 12 shades of red. It was horrible. Wow, I'm so sorry that that happened to you about, you know, a book slamming into your piano. Um, honestly, that is the most, now that I think about it, that is an interesting experience. I don't know, I'm just so used to one sheet of music or an iPad where I just scroll, even though that is humiliating low-key. How did you ever recover from that? Like, how did you please explain? Yeah, so I definitely have like pretty bad performer anxiety, not so much with worship music for some reason. I think it's just like being with a band, I just feel safer. But when I'm like just performing a classical piece by myself, it's just like, I don't know, all the nerves, like everyone's eyes are on me. So I just got so nervous. And I think that's like, it was just bound to happen because I was so nervous. But um, yeah, I mean, I just picked the book back up and like kept playing and I finished and it's like people still applauded and like, I don't know, but it was a mess. I was like, I was so upset because I practiced so hard for it. And it was a really tough piece, but um, yeah, I think that goes with like everything in life. You just have to, you know, keep going and not let your failures scare you from trying again. And I, I know that's kind of like a cheesy lesson, but it's so true. Like I know a lot of times I'll do things out of my comfort zone, and which I don't do very often because I'm a very like routine person. But when I like, do things that are like out of my comfort zone, and I fail, I let that like stop me. And I'm like, okay, this is why I don't do things out of my comfort zone. And that's like such a like a, a thing that I'm working on. But um, yeah, don't let failures keep you from trying again because it's only it's how you grow. I just wanted to take a moment to actually thank Hannah for. Coming on to the podcast, this was literally last minute, but I'm thankful for her and her heart for Jesus, worship, and her all just sharing um, her personal experiences with worship and all, um, especially with showing me her Planning Center app. I really appreciate her heart overall and just thankful that she is a quad mate of mine, but also a friend and a sister in Christ. And, you know, to conclude this, always remember that Whatever you do, do it for the Lord, whether it's, you know, worshiping to a wonderful worship song that just came out on iTunes or Spotify, or, you know, you're washing your hands or folding your laundry. Just remember to think on such good things that glorify the Lord. And that's to paraphrase Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Overall, just thank you so much for tuning in to season one episode three of toddler talks thank you so much for y'all's wonderful support don't forget to like share follow retweet and also thank you so much for the patience um especially as finals are coming up uh, thank you guys for listening um i hope you guys enjoyed toddler talks today um 
give Cynthia all the love. Um, tune in, share her podcast because she's amazing and her podcast is awesome. And I'm so grateful to her for having me on today. So thank you guys for listening. <laughs>